Acts chapter 2, verse number 37. If you think you know where I'm going, just you don't. You don't. Acts chapter 2, verse number 37 says, And now when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart and said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? And then Peter said unto them, Why don't we all say it together? Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Why don't you just wave at the Lord if you're thankful for that word. For the promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. And on the birthday of the church, when the church was in its infancy, the next thing that the apostle preached was, and with many other words did he testify and exhort, saying, Save yourselves from this untoward generation. Jude chapter 1 and verse number 23, we read this epistle that happened probably at least 50 years after Pentecost. And others save. On the birthday of the church, when the church was an infant, the apostle said, you need to save yourselves. But you get to the last epistle that is in your Bible before the book of Revelation And it has changed now. You're not just responsible to save yourself. Save others. We could read the rest of the verse. Save others with fear, pulling them out of the fire. Hating even the garment that is spotted by the flesh. The New Living Translation says it this way. Rescue others by snatching them from the flames of judgment. We are not just called to save ourselves. Before, before we even pray, can I tell you how I really feel? This church is not just a soul-saving station. It's not a reservoir for the harvest. This is not just some place that we come and we get saved and we retire until the rapture. But this is a place where we become equipped to rescue others by snatching them out of the fire. I want to preach to you today for a few minutes about strong enough for somebody else. Let's pray. God, I love you. I thank you for the powerful anointing that I feel even at this moment. I pray, God, that you will let it flow from this pulpit through the back doors even into this community. God, let your anointing move in our hearts today. Speak to us by your word. Let me say exactly what you once said. Nothing more, nothing less. We'll thank you for it. In Jesus' name. Somebody shout amen. And you can be seated. I have to give you some full disclosure. Wednesday night, I told a joke. And if you were here Wednesday night, you know that I spoke negatively of a university in this state, Marshall University. I am a West Virginia University graduate. But full disclosure, my mom is a Marshall graduate. My dad was a WVU graduate. Yes, we lived in a house divided. (laughs) 
My aunt was a Marshall graduate. One year for Christmas, she made me a blanket. This nice, it was, uh, what, what's that stuff called? Fleece, nice fleece blanket, this nice fleece WVU blanket. There was two-sided. You flipped it over, and it was a Marshall blanket on the other side. And I told her I didn't know which way I wanted to use it, whether I wanted to have to look at that Marshall stuff or if I would allow it to be against my skin. I didn't know which way I wanted that blanket turned. But my mom was a Marshall graduate, and uh, when she was at Marshall, she became a certified uh, lifeguard. Uh, and I've heard her talk about what she what the test was, what she had to do to prove that she could be a certified lifeguard. And uh, so at 5.30 this morning, I was texting her, getting her to refresh my memory about what it was required at that time, probably around 1970, to be a certified lifeguard. And she said that one of the things that they had to do was they had to be able to swim a mile, uh, they, they performed simulated rescues. They had to understand how to approach and turn a victim that they were trying to rescue. And that they had to do a 20-minute survival bob in street clothes and shoes. 1970, that probably meant bell-bottoms and shoes. Uh, but 20-minute uh, survival bob they had to be able to do. Uh, that's pretty intense. Actually, I, I can do a 20-minute survival bob if, uh, if bob is the name of the cushion that I get to hang on to. Uh, I, can, <laughs> I, can, I don't know about swimming a mile. So it was intense. It was an intense thing. to be, And those were the requirements 53 years ago or so. Uh, so they may have changed, and I think they're different in, in different states. But that was, that was what she had to do so that she could be a lifeguard. So that they would say she is certified to rescue drowning people. Mark chapter 2, verse number 17 says, When Jesus heard it, He said unto them, They that are whole have no need of a physician, but they that are sick. I came not to call the righteous but sinners to repentance. Could I reword that and not get in too much trouble? Jesus could have said, they that can swim have no need of being rescued, but they that cannot swim. I came not to call the safe, but the drowning to repentance. We are here to reach drowning people. We are here, Brother Pat, to reach drowning people. 1 Timothy 1.15, this is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation that Jesus Christ came to the world to save sinners. If we are in His body, we now have the same assignment. When He left out of here, He said, I'm leaving this assignment with my church. He said, I'm going to come back, but I'm coming back for a church that has made herself ready. And so whenever he left, he's not, he is not witnessing to anybody else anymore. That's our job. Yeah, Whew. That's Man, I tell you what, I don't know if, if we're plowing deep or if we've just gone to the, our uh, Independence Day picnic. 
Jesus ascended on high and He left this in our hands. 1 Corinthians says, And all things are of God who hath reconciled unto us by, himself, by Jesus Christ and has given to us, point at your neighbor, say, He gave it to us, the, the ministry of reconciliation. If anybody's going to be reconciled unto God, it's going to be because the church... I, I need some help here. Come on, guys. We'll, I'm going to pick on Brother Caleb. Don't condemn him. He's not wearing a tie, but he's going to be the sinner today. Come here, Isaiah. <clears throat> Isaiah, you wanna, we'll let you be Jesus, okay? You be Jesus. <clears throat> you just stand right there. He is separated from God. Brother Caleb, the one without the tie. You got it. I got it. I just don't have it on. There is no spiritual significance to a tie. Please don't leave out of here and say, Pastor thinks you need to wear a tie. But I'm going to pick on him, okay? It's all right. I got it. I'm just not wearing it. That, okay, I got to move on. He's separated and undone without God. Here's Jesus over here. There's no reconciliation unless somebody from the church, okay, you just sit there, I'll take her hand then, somebody from the church stands in the middle and can bring the two together. He's going to drown, he's going to die. Why don't you reconcile him there, bride? And they become reconciled unto God. Nobody is reconciled unto God outside of the church being involved. We are here to see that sinners don't go to hell. We are here to help sinners have relationship with Jesus Christ. Y'all can be seated. We are here to help people to have a relationship with God so that they can have the knowledge to repent, so that they can be baptized and have their sins washed away, and so that He can fill them with the Holy Ghost. We've got that responsibility. And so, we've got that. We, we've got to be strong enough to save someone else. We don't need to just barely survive. I'm just hanging on until the rapture. That cannot be our attitude. We as individuals have to make up our mind. I'm going to be strong enough to make sure I make it. And I'm going to be strong enough to help somebody else that needs to make it too. If all I can do is just barely make it, we probably aren't going to make it. He says this in a couple... I'll read you a few scriptures today. It says, Wherefore, lift up the hands which hang down and the feeble knees. Make straight the paths for your feet, lest that which is lame be turned out of the way, and let it be rather healed. He says, lift up the hands that hang down and the feeble knees. You can't lift up somebody else's hands unless you're strong enough to lift your own hands. You can't support somebody else's uh, wobbly knees unless you have strengthened yourself. He says, I exhort you, brethren, warn them that are unruly. Comfort the feeble-minded. Support the weak. And be patient toward all men. For Romans 15 and 1, Then we which are strong ought to bear the infirmities of the weak and not to please ourselves. Galatians 6 and 1, Brethren, if any man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual, restore such a one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. We've got to be strong enough 
to rescue somebody else. Somebody shout amen. Amen. And so I'm going to preach to you from uh, my mom's text message. She had no idea. Whenever I got done, I said, thanks for the sermon illustration. (laughs) She's somewhere in Michigan riding a motorcycle today. But at 5.30 this morning, she was given Glen Ferris Apostolic Church a lesson in being strong enough for somebody else. She said, you have to be able to swim a mile. I mean, I ain't rescuing somebody that's a mile off the shore. I can't even see them. What do I need to be able to swim a mile for? A mile's a long way. But Jonathan, a mile's a long way. I did not prompt her. I'm going to give you her exact quote. I didn't even ask why a mile. She said, you have to be pretty strong to swim yourself and a fighting person out of the water. Man, that's good right there. I haven't even told her how good that was. If you're going to swim yourself and somebody else out of the water that is struggling. I mean, you've seen somebody that, you know, how many, how many in here have almost drowned? I don't want to bring up any traumatic, but, but you know, what do you, you start flailing everywhere. You don't know which way is up. You don't know what to do. You're just, and, and, and she, she, she said something about, you know, when, when you get close to that, they're going to fight you. They're just, they're fighting everything. They're trying to survive. And if, for you to be able to save them, you have got to be strong. That's why you had to be able to swim a mile. The Apostle Paul said this. He said, I keep my body... No, I want to, I want to hold that scripture for just a minute. I want to talk about the Apostle Paul for a second. Paul was strong enough to support drowning people. They were in the middle of a storm called the Eurachlodon. It hadn't, the, the sun hadn't shone in, in days and days. They're in the middle of a storm. They're being driven. And I'm going to tell you, those. in fact, there's a scripture, there's a verse that says, we had given up all hope that we should be saved. But Paul, after a time of prayer and fasting, stood up and said, no worries, it's going to be all right. We're going to lose this boat but not a soul in this boat's going to die. We're going to be okay. In the middle of a storm, Paul had enough strength for himself and for somebody else. We need to have enough spiritual strength to be able to tell somebody, it is going to be all right. I'm here. I'm going to support you. I'm going to love you. God's going to take care of you. I'm not going down and neither are you. Paul's strength came out of a prayer relationship. He said in one place, I keep under my body, I bring it into subjection, that by any means when I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. He said, I I discipline myself. He goes on, he talks about uh, Olympic athletes, how they run, how they train, the Olympic fighters, how they train. He was talking about this physical training. And then he compares it to his spiritual walk and he says, I bring my body under subjection, lest after I preach to others, where I'm reaching for others, exerting spiritual energy, I train myself, lest 
I run out of energy and I would become, he says, a castaway. Kind of like Gilligan's Island, y'all know, in the water. He said, I have to make sure that I am spiritually fit or whenever I reach for people, I might drown myself. We've got to have a relationship with God that strengthens us. That no matter how bad somebody else's situation is, it doesn't drag us down too. That's where Paul's strength came from in this story. It, he was in a time of prayer and God gave him a word. We need to have a time of prayer. We need to let God talk to us because out of His word we gain strength. Amen. Amen. She said... The hardest part of the whole training, of the test, was the approach and the turn. I said, what are you talking about? Basically. I could read you our whole text message, but I said, what, what, what is approach and turn? She said, well, if there's somebody that is drowning, when you swim to them, Brother Jeff, you have to keep your head above the water the whole time so you don't lose where they are. If we don't keep our head above water, we can be overcome by the same situation somebody else is going through. I'm going to keep my head up and I'm going to keep my eye on them and swim that way. And then she said the turn was the hardest part. She said... you. And, and this was by text, so I don't know if I get all the details right. But she you had to dive down, you had to turn them so that their back was to you. And I want to read exactly what she wrote because I just thought it was powerful. She said, you have to swim to the victim, keeping your head out of the water. Before you are within their reach, you dive and come up and turn them so that, they, so that you are at their back and secure them so that they can't get away from you and they can't reach around and get a hold of you. If they get away from you, they will climb on your head, push you down, and drown you. They'll climb on your head and drown you. She had to learn how to do that. We have to learn how to do that. There's folks that live messed up lives. That have messed up thinking, messed up ideas. And if we're not strong enough and have some knowledge, Brother Brad, they can climb on our head and push us under with them. If we don't have our thinking straight, then their thinking will get on our head and push us under. Why did the Apostle Peter say, but sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and be ready always to give an answer to them that ask you of the faith that is in you with meekness and fear. You better put that word in your head. Otherwise, when you go to rescue somebody, their messed up thinking is going to drown you as well. We better get in the word because it's a source of strength. We better be in the church. We better be in service. Listen to the preaching. I encourage you to get on YouTube and listen to preaching. I encourage you to listen to these messages, Facebook, those... Uh, listen to it over and over again because I don't want my head to get pressed under the water. 
I need some knowledge. I need some learning. Or somebody out there is going to drown me. God help us. How many want to, how many want to be a rescue agent? How many want to be able to pull somebody out of the water, pull them out of the fire? We better get in the Word and learn how to do it. Somebody shout, Amen. amen. Wherefore, lift up those feeble knees. Lift up those hands. Strengthen the feeble knees. We have got to be, and I'm going to close here in just a moment, but we've got to be strong enough to rescue somebody else. I know it's a Sunday morning, and uh, this, is not, this is not a typical Sunday morning type message, I guess. But I don't think Glen Ferris Apostolic Church is a typical church. There, there used to be a, a little video. You can find it on YouTube now. And it was, a, I think the title of the video was The Soul Saving Station. How many, anybody, remember, Brother Matt remembers it. It's a good little video. And it likened the church to a lighthouse and a, and a place where, where people that were shipwrecked could, could come and be rescued there would be rescue sent out to them. It's a good analogy. But I don't think it goes far enough. I want to tell you, I don't see Glen Ferris Apostolic Church as we want to, we want to just grow and have a big crowd. I, 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 want, I want us to grow. We're going to grow. We are growing. We're, we're going to grow. We are growing. But it's not, the point is not to have a big crowd. But Jeff, I pray, I don't pray this every day, but I pray it quite often. And I'll walk around this building on the outside. And I've gotten, I've gotten on Google Earth and I've counted the number of parking spots that we have here. And, I, and I've prayed, God, make us have to park 70 cars on this side of the road. And I walk across the road, Brother David, and I pray, God, make us have to park 40 cars on this side of the road. And I added something to that the other day. And Lord, just let that be phase one. God, cause us to have to park 70 cars on this side of the road. and Cause us to have to park 40 cars on that side of the road. But I never pray it without saying this. But God, help us to equip every individual that comes here with the ability to, be, to serve in the kingdom of God. Let every person that comes to this church not just be an attendee, but be involved in the work of the kingdom. I want this church to be a place not just where people are saved, but where people are equipped and empowered to do the work of God. Where we can come together and become rescuers. We've got to be strong enough to rescue somebody else. We are trying to reach drowning people. You can stand to your feet and I'm going to close. It requires a commitment that's more than I'm just going to come to church. It requires a commitment every day. It's an every day I'm going to be in prayer. And it's every day I'm going to be in the Word. I'm going to fast and I'm, I'm going to study. I, I'm going to make a commitment because I want to be strong enough to save somebody else. After my mom graduated, she was driving through Logan County. Lord, can any good thing come out of Logan County? 
She's driving through Logan County. She fell asleep. She had a power pole. Uh, I won't give you the gory details. Tore up her left knee. There's still glass in it today. She'll probably show it to you if you asked. Uh, when I was a kid, if she ever, if she wanted to, you know, I didn't tell you this. Not only did she get her lifeguard certification at Marshall, but she was a two-sport athlete at Marshall. She played volleyball and basketball. She's physically very fit. She wrecked that van, and uh, I don't know how long she was in the hospital. She told me one day, she said, you know, if I had not been in good physical condition, I would not have survived that wreck. If she hadn't been in good enough shape to swim a mile, whenever her trial, whenever her disaster came, she wouldn't have made it through herself. See, it's not just about being strong enough to save somebody else when they go through their trial. It's the reality that our trial is coming. That our disaster, chances are, Something is going to happen in your life that's going to drive you to a place where you're going to find out if you're strong enough to swim or not. We've got to be strong enough to save somebody else, but we've also got, if we will be strong enough to save somebody else, we'll be strong enough to hold on to Jesus' hand when our trial comes as well. Man. So today, I wonder if somebody in this building, I hope everybody in this building will determine to get stronger. To get strong enough to carry somebody else when they have a need. To be strong enough to support someone when they need it. To be strong enough to rescue somebody else. To be strong enough in the Lord that nor I or anybody else is going to wonder whether I'm going to make it. I want to be strong enough to help others. Why don't we do this today? Why don't you take the hand of the person beside you and let's just begin to pray. Whatever your prayer is today, maybe, maybe you're... God. God, make us strong enough for somebody else. God, I want to be strong enough that whenever I see that soul struggling that I can reach out to them, that I have a word of encouragement, that I have a word from the Lord for them. I want to have strength enough to pray for them and they'll feel it whenever I pray for them. God, give me strength that when somebody is depressed, I've got a word of encouragement and I've got a spirit of encouragement and I can support them until they can make it on their own. God, strengthen me for Your purpose and strengthen me for Your journey. Use me, oh God, for Your glory. Mighty God, I pray that You would send in this church a renewed passion for prayer. Personal prayer. Corporate prayer. Send in this church in individuals a renewed passion for fasting. Send in this church a renewed passion for the Word of God. Send in this... 
Almighty God, help us to set aside those things that don't strengthen us, those things that zap us, those things that pull us down spiritually. Help us to set those things aside, God, and to partake in those things that are going to build us up in the Spirit. Oh, mighty God, mighty God, mighty God.